This is the Midlife Mischief Club podcast with John and Alvin. Hey guys, John here. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation with Sabine Herson, who recently spent two years sailing around the world with her brother Louis. As you'll hear, this was an epic adventure, and we decided to post this conversation in two parts. Here's episode two. We hope you enjoy it. We joined this this group called Sea Mercy Humanitarian Organization, and that same organization had these ingenious solar lanterns. So they were a little cube mm -hmm. that concertina to flat. Really? Um, and there's a, a solar panel on the top. And so people, we gave them to anybody who wanted them and they would just put them on the roof of their house or their little huts during the day and then oh, they yeah. could have light inside. You're just giving them light, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's such, a, such a simple thing. But, it's but... such a simple thing. Brilliant, brilliant. We actually kept a few and we had them, you know, as moody light on mm. the boat in the evening I mean, sometimes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, so, so, something else that, um, you know, you, you know, this is kind of like little missions that you had uh, for your journey. Mm -hmm. uh, this wasn't just a... Uh, a vacation, you know, right. this was really a, a mission yeah. and kind of an epic uh, journey. Yeah. Um, but something else uh, was was to do with sustainability and plastics as right. well in the ocean, which is a, 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 a horrible problem yeah, right now. It is. I don't know. If, could you tell us just a little bit a about little bit how you got involved, involved with that? Yeah, and... Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, my brother, or I should say my father's company initially, is in the plastics industry mm. in Ireland. And then when um, my brother got married, my father gave him the company and he took her to dizzying heights. Um, and um, so he was very aware of the attitude towards plastic and that um, he, he and the responsibility mm -hmm. that their company had to, um, you know, create it responsibly and um, to make sure it was recycled or reused or whatever, you know, the whole kind of cycle. Life cycle. Yeah, yeah. exactly, of plastic. Um, and so um, very early on in the preparation, um, Louis said to me, we need to have a purpose for this trip and not just, as he would say in his words, a jolly around the world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, you know yeah. and there is that element too, and there's nothing wrong with no. taking a trip at a certain age at any age actually there's nothing wrong with that but um i think he was feeling a little guilty for because his kids are a little younger minor have left school and college and everything and um, and so he was there was probably an element of guilt that that also brought him there and um, but nevertheless we all know um as successful human beings that you a day is much better when there is a purpose mm. in that day. We he, he landed on let's um, let's do something with plastics. Whether we take on some research that some company wants to do, or let's just put some feelers out. Right. So I was charged with putting feelers out. Mm -hmm. I got uh, an answer from the Oceanic Society. This wonderful man, Wayne Sentman, um, who um, lives in Boston. And he said, yeah, let's do something. So um, one thing led to another. And I should say, uh, it is the most extraordinary organization. We became a um, Blue Habits ambassador vessel. And basically, yeah. we could make of that whatever we yeah. wanted. Just in a nutshell. Yes. To be an ambassador for sustainable 
living. <laughs> Who knows I what mean, that means? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you can you can you speak yeah. to that briefly? Yeah, I mean, it's sure. interesting to me. Yeah. So we just we just became a boat that were just really mindful of every single thing we did in terms of purchasing, in terms of using, everything. We were just really, really careful. And I think in California, people kind of tend to be like that, especially in Northern California, but in the rest of the world, people are not like that. Everything we did, I think that's the best way to describe it is we were just really mindful. Okay, when you do this, what are the consequences? And I think that was, so that was, I think, how we were an ambassador. And then we would talk about it. And I blogged about it so that it wasn't just our little, little uh, group. And before crew members came on board, we would ahead of time call them and say, listen, please come with no clothing that has plastic in it. Because every time you wash it, the microplastics are going to flush into the ocean. You know, um, please bring ocean-friendly sunscreen, although actually I had enough for everyone, you know, be careful of the toothpaste you're using. Just every single thing, everything, you have to just think first. Did you, in, in, in your journey with mm-hmm. that in mind, did you see the effects of oh, plastics in the ocean? I mean, did you see the gyre? Did you... We didn't see the gyre, but Did we you saw... see, you know, turtles getting strangled we did. and... and uh... Really? Yeah, we did see some stuff. We oh, did see man. some awful stuff. Mostly the worst was in parts of Fiji and in Indonesia. Indonesia, hands down, the absolute oh, worst. I mean, horrible. Um, in Bali, Bali is probably the worst of everywhere we went. There is There, um, there are these fishermen fishing mm. in water. You could hardly see water. It was just floating plastic and they're... They're in their waders in the middle of this plastic and they're casting their rods. I mean, just awful, horrific, horrific. And this one beach also in Bali where every day you would see the locals trying to clean up the plastic yeah. that and ev- the next day it's just the same again. It's just hor- horrendous, horrendous. And actually one of our buddies from a different boat is now in Bali trying to set up a foundation call it it's called the Bali cleanup because it is so bad the rivers are getting clogged I mean the the the, the place is dying you know just that's terrible which is tragic and and I think it is and yeah. and, and I, I think it's um, so important that you were shining a light on that and and you know I think for for most people the ocean is just a giant dumping ground and it is an endless, you know, many miles deep sort of place we can throw things. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we just don't even think about it. But every every time we have a plastic bottle or or something like that, it, it oftentimes winds up um, in the ocean. and At Millions of miles away. Yeah. On somebody else's back door. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. That's and the I, thing and that's this so is sad. I'm, I want to hear your... I don't know, some of the dicey moments. Dicey moments, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you should ask that because people often ask me, were you ever scared? Mm. And my answer to that is not for one millisecond. Was I ever scared? Never. And so a dicey moment is dependent on your level of fear in in a sailing situation. So um, some of the stuff that we just didn't even think about, other people would find 
utterly terrifying. Yeah. You know, let me think about some really dicey moments. So there was one, <laughs> there was one time we were sailing in Tahiti. It was called the Tahiti Pearl Regatta. We were not sailing, racing. I mean, this was the most hilarious race. There are canoes in the race. There are, you know, Hobie cats. What? There's every conceivable type of vessel. Yeah apart from swimming, swimmers, I mean, everything, um, windsurfers, everything in this race. I mean, they're obviously in different classes, but they're all going at the same right, time. Right, right. It's not staggered. I mean, oh everybody, you all so, qualify. So you're just <laughs> looking at well, this, this things everywhere. Anyway, there's a lot of kind of activity because we're going around a, a marker mm. and there's masses of wind. And I don't know whether you know that part of the world, but there are reefs everywhere i mean just reefs reefs everywhere so what you're you talking about is underwater underwater reefs. danger yeah rocks reefs you know yeah. like um sure um, sharp coral 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 yeah, yeah exactly I've so been, very been, sharp i've been yeah. tossed into a body surfing in hawaii and i thought that was going to be the end of me it's me about being daredevil yeah look at yourself um, but anyway um and so we're, we're rounding the mark this boat that i'm on is called seabird and because we're looking so intently at all these little things, we don't notice that there's another boat coming and it is going to T-bone us. Oh, I mean, it's going so, so, so fast. Last second, whoosh, takes off the other way. And I mean, there's absolute silence on the boat because, you know, because you're just waiting for the impact, you know. And I will tell you that exactly the same thing. And that was, in that particular case, the guy who was sailing the other boat, who we knew... German guy is a brilliant sailor and he he was doing that on purpose so he knew what he was doing but I mean, we didn't know that he knew what right, he was doing, exactly, you know? yeah. so that was scary oh, and another time in another race actually I just thought of now in um, Antigua uh, just after the end of the rally there was a there was a regatta that we were and this time we're on our boat and and um, this idiot sorry to use that word on another boat who really is not a good sailor and i think they probably all were drinking because they were a real kind of jolly oh, yeah. bunch and he and this masses of wind it's the same thing and this it's same thing he's coming for us he's coming for us and he, you can see he is out of control so we had to get out of the way that that was anyway those are those that racing always has scary moments yeah. like that um but um you know there were times when when whales came close-ish, which is, you know, a little scary. So your humpback story. Yeah, oh, it's the humpback story. That wasn't scary. That was wow story. Um, and, you know, we had a thunderstorm, but again, it was just miraculous. We're all just going, wow. It, there was no fear at all. Uh, you know, we have a lightning rod. I'm sure you did too. But I don't know. I think the reason we're doing this is because we're not frightened. It takes a lot to frighten us. Um, and and we take care. I mean, we're all in our life jackets on, hooked on, mm -hmm. you know, um, all that sort of stuff. And we've done sea survival courses. Nobody came on board without doing a sea survival course. Um, but the humpback one was just amazing. So in August, we were in Australia. And I my birthday is in August. And this friend of mine, said we got to do something for your birthday so what we ended up doing is we went to this beautiful island called Hayman Island which is a 
a kind of a five-star resort island right. in the Whitsunday Islands. And so she brought me there and we were there for three days. We, it was just lovely to be on land yeah. in a bedroom <laughs> with, you know, all the, the glories of land. Um, and um, she was staying an extra day and I had to go home. So I was going on the ferry back to meet the boat in um, Early Beach, I think is where I was going. Um, Anyhow, I'm on this amazing ferry. It's like a sort of a double-decker ferry, mm. really high. And it's humpback season. And the guy driving the boat, the ferryman, says, you know, there's a lot of humpback activity. So, you know, keep an, keep, eye, out. Keep an eye out and, and listen, I'll, I'll let you know. So he said, everybody, go to the bow of those. You're about to see something that even I have never seen before. So we go, and it's just amazing that you see this kind of, in the distance, this scurry of activity and whales in and out, flukes and all sorts of, just lots of activity. But it's very furious. It's very boiling water, you know. And he said, what's happening is, there's a, it's mating season, there's a female, and she's being chased by eight males, and they're coming right towards us. Oh so these horny males are chasing this poor unfortunate female who's trying to, I mean, I'm sure it's a game. Yeah. They probably always do it, but but this is what it seems like. And there is snorting. You can hear sounds. You can hear the sounds. And she goes on the, the sort of leeward side of the boat to kind of try and hide from them. So they crash into the boat and we're rocking. Oh it's, just, it's unbelievable. Isn't it? And then, you know, eventually they all went off and they did their chase they went off chasing. But that was incredible. That was oh one of those really wow, wow, wow moments. That's and again, I wasn't scared because we weren't in any danger. That's a big fish story. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing they weren't orcas. Uh, that oh, would, yeah, well, that's that would have been a that's totally true. different story. <laughs> wow. Uh, it was amazing. Wow. It was just amazing. And, yeah, there's so many, so many amazing things. And, you know, flying fish we saw everywhere mm. in the whole world, flying fish everywhere. And just seeing the birds hover and the timing where they'd get the fish in the air, just when they're in the air. And it's I want to ask beautiful. you about fishing. Mm -hmm. we so, fished. yeah, uh, did you guys turn into expert fishermen? And, and what, what, I mean, what does it look like to... I've never fished in the in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you must be bringing up things that <laughs> we're not seeing at the local market. Possibly. I mean, they're certainly fresher. But, um, you know, a lot of the time you're going too fast mm. to catch Interesting. too okay. much. Yeah. So a lot of the time that's true. Um, and so we, you kind of learn that on the lighter wind days are the fishing days and you fish as I think it's the same on land, you know, first thing in the morning and before sunset. Yeah, that's, those see. are the good times. Because um, I suppose that's when they're hungry. That's feeding when they're feeding. Yeah, exactly. And um, I didn't fish that often um, because there were always budding fishermen who were vying with each other to catch, you know, sure. this male stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I guess by definition, they're deep sea fishing. I suppose so. So, well, so they have deep sea fishing lines where reels, which is a whole different thing. Yeah, from, and they're from, very powerful. They have to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because so I mean, you can catch marlin out there. Oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> you know. So are these guys, har are they harnessed in? No, no. They probably should be, but they're not. No. Uh, just yeah. a whole different episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. I love fishing. That's oh, so fun. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, we ate, we got to the stage where I would say, 
please, no more tuna. I've just had enough tuna, <laughs> which is an awful thing to say. Yeah. Because is there anything more delicious exactly. than, than sashimi so tuna? Good. But I mean, we just had so much of it. I mean, so he, uh, my, my nephew, George, has loved fishing. And he, um, I would just say, throw it back, George. I only have so much freezer space. And there's, a, you know, we can only eat so much. And we're sick to death of it anyway. Right. <laughs> so poke bowl probably was the most common dish on board. <laughs> Doesn't get fresher than that. That's yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, most people, it's it's difficult to plan a, a week-long, you know, vacation. This wasn't a vacation, mm. but this was more kind of a real a voyage, a real voyage yeah. and adventure. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you go about sort of just saying, like, I'm, I'm going to just yes. take this time. I'm going to yeah. do this. Um, well, I suppose I'm not really a planner type of person <laughs> um, and I'm an opportunist so um, my brother said I'm doing it and he would be but he's he's a planner too but you know he's yeah. also an opportunist and he just said look I'm going to buy a boat we're going to do this I'm going to do this do you want to come I just I didn't even hesitate yes because I'll figure it out later right. the the key is you just have to take a leap of faith you just have yeah. to jump in and not be thinking of what if what if or you know I mean I my husband did not come with me he absolutely despises sailing can't stand it and I and oh he never God. once said to me you know what <laughs> he, he was completely supportive because he himself in his mid-30s traveled for three years around the world yeah. on land uh, you know hitchhiked um, so he understands that travel bug. I think you just, it's so easy to get stuck in a rut. And, and not that there's anything wrong. For some people, that's as essential. Yeah. And I like routine too. Um, but I do think it's important to just shake it up a little bit. Get out there and do something different. And also it's good to keep Alzheimer's at bay to, to do something out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Different, you know, people learn languages and go visit a new culture, whatever. I tell my kids that travel's the best education in the world. Yeah. Absolutely is, no question. Yeah. But a lot of people are scared and it's so much more difficult than when we were young. I mean, you could just, especially as a female, I, I yeah. hitchhiked all over the place. Well, you can't do that anymore. Well, interesting. So, okay, so flash forward, you come back to Napa, California, does Napa look different to you after this? <laughs> uh, it must have. Does it look small? Um, well, I'll tell you. Let me tell you exactly the experience. I was longing to get home um, at that point because I, but I, was, I love gardening and I was just, I couldn't wait to get my hands in the dirt. Mm. I was just really looking forward to that. Um, and also, I should have said this first, looking forward to being with my husband again. I should have said that one first. Um, right. <laughs> we won't but, edit that. Okay. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. I did come home twice on the, on the trip. Once for my, my, my daughter's graduation and for Christmas as well, um, when the boat was stationary in, in those oh, two great. times. Yeah. Um, but um, so um, it, it was... I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to space, you know, because it's quite confined on a boat. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to have this big kitchen and I'm going to have a yeah. bedroom and, yes. and yeah, just space, you yes. know. But funnily enough, I found the space really obnoxious after a while because 
there's more to clean, there's more places to lose things. Uh, it just, the, again, the busyness of stuff yeah. um, starts happening again. Um, I guess the simplicity of life is, yeah. was, is gone. What about the social adjustment effect? You know? Well, and so that's interesting too. Um, I, I thought I would be excited to see everybody, yeah. to, like friends. I mean, yeah. obviously I wanted to see my kids and my, my husband, but I, I was very slow about that. Very, very slow. Um, and a lot of that was, and I remember the first time my brother went home uh, from the boat, I said to him, be ready with an answer when people ask I you see. the following questions, because it's always the same questions. So would you would you say culture shock? Did you? Yeah, I think it probably it. There's a little bit of that, oh, okay. and I mean it's 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 a very broad part of that because it's it's living shock. It's everyday. Sh I mean, it's just every facet of living shock. It definitely is. And it, in a bit, in the way, it happened the other way too. When you first get on the boat, sure, of course. you know, oh gosh, I brought a little bit too much. Maybe you know, right. <laughs> um, sort of offload. Um, but um, and the other thing, yeah, on a boat because it's minimalist, and because of the nature of the motion, Ooh. everything has to be tidied away yes. before you move to the next thing. Yeah, which is, and I'm not a very tidy person, <laughs> <laughs> so that's. Again, freeing is the right word. It's just you're free to be, to think, to sing, to dance, whatever it is you want to do. It just, it, it does yeah, bring less freedom. Less is more it is. <laughs> in, that, in that situation. It definitely is. I, yeah. you know, among other things, you came back with a lesson of being present. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's just, the most important one. Yeah. Really, mm -hmm. I really like that. Do you feel that you need to have more thrill of adventure in your life after that? Um, I don't need it at this moment in time, no. I think I probably will at some point do something pretty exciting, yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And my husband and I, for example, are thinking of at some point in the next, I don't know, five to ten years of doing the Camino, the, you know, the... I have a uh, friend who's going to do it. Is... In, yeah, the, the, the whole, I want to do the whole thing. Like, so next year she's going to do it. I think it's mainly Spain yeah the, but it so it goes from Portugal it goes to Portugal France and Spain hmm. I think that's it yeah um it actually originally started in Dublin in fact um, very interesting <laughs> like my husband has done the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific mm. Crest Trail he's done those years and years and years ago yeah so that's something we're thinking of doing but we'll see something we'll do something yeah I walk with a friend who's tr who's gonna start training for it oh good good yeah. wow yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. For for, you know, anyone who's north of of fifty and and maybe <laughs> loves sailing and maybe has done some sailing in their lives, um, you know, this was a a pretty epic experience. Uh -huh. uh, is there ways in which you might recommend someone doing this, or or maybe a, a smaller version Russian, of yeah. this to kind of yeah. test the waters? You yeah, know, pun intended, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, if you're a member of, if you're sailing and you're a member of a club, mm. there are often people who are sailing down to Mexico right. from from the bay in the Bay Area or sailing to Hawaii, and you could just, you know, there is a group. offer ha, to ha, crew. Ha, ha, yeah, ha, ha, ha. right there you go. That's that's, that's kind of a race. Well, I recently went to yeah. an orientation for what she described. And yeah. This is a group that annually goes to uh, first San Diego and then they go down to Baja oh, and sometimes cool. are gone for three months. Wow, it's called the Baja Haha. Ha. Yeah. Okay. Is it is it a race, or is it just a 
a it's kind a of a, a group it's, of people exactly, it's going not, the same it's way. It's not a race. Yeah. Okay, um, I wasn't sure. And uh, in Sausalito, my buddy and I, who I sail with, uh, checked out this group orientation. And um, we looked at each other just in the middle of it and said, these guys don't have any kids like we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but because you know, your life go. is long. Yeah. You have plenty of time. They can check out for yeah. long periods of time. Right, right. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing to do is to do, or even just do short little, go, exactly. go one overnight. Right. That's all, you know, um, and just, yeah, see, see what that feels like. And talking of that in terms of, you know, people doing, doing um, a trip of some sort. I mean, mm. you don't, it doesn't have to be on a boat. Right. And you could just go on an airplane to one of these archipelagos and just wander around the island and yeah. just see what happens, you know, just befriend some villagers and see what happens. In fact, we met a woman, um, I forget which village it was in, who had sailed in, fell in love with this village, said goodbye to the boat, Mm. And she was Austrian, and she just was sort of staying there indefinitely. Wow, that's yes. interesting. Yeah, she was just volunteering at the school in the village, whatever, just whatever they wanted. My, I have a lot of envy. I do. I know there are portions of my life when there was an economic downturn, when I wasted a lot of time just looking for work. I mean, uh, the whole tech downturn oh, yeah. after oh, right. two thousand one. Yeah, and my time would have been better spent doing a life experience right. like yeah. yours. Yeah. But anyway, don't look backwards. Only, yeah, yeah, only yeah, look yeah, forwards. Yeah, yeah. Only look forwards. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, Sabine. Well, you are an thank inspiration. You. Thanks so thank much, you. Sabine. Thank you very much. Great fun. Thank All you. right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Midlife Mischief Club podcast. Please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes, links to our socials, and see what else is cooking on our website at midlifemischiefclub.com.